Hey, I'm Jorge Cervantes. I'm an author, been around for about, well, I'm entering my fifth decade of uh, this stuff here. And I'll tell you, I'm really pleased to be on Jason's program, Curious About Cannabis. And if you're curious, let's get into this interview. about cannabis is dedicated to providing reliable cannabis science education to anyone curious enough to learn to get access to free courses and other educational resources visit learn.cacpodcast.com and become a curious about cannabis member for free the curious about cannabis book provides an incredible crash course in cannabis science through over 500 pages of content filled with photos, activities, science experiments, games, and more to help guide you through your personalized cannabis education journey. This book has become a trusted textbook in colleges and universities across North America and is absolutely perfect for serious learners, as well as cannabis educators, bud tenders, clinicians, patients, and caregivers. And special thanks to the many individuals, companies, and organizations that have helped Curious About Cannabis meet our mission of becoming the number one trusted source of cannabis science education on the planet. This includes organizations like Credo Science with Ethan Russo, The Conigma, Treadwell Farms, The Spellman Report with Kevin Spellman, The Workshop, Green Earth Medicinals, CBD National, Magnolia Botanicals, and more. Visit cacpodcast.com slash sponsors to learn about our sponsors and go show them some love for helping us spread cannabis science education far and wide to anyone curious enough to learn. If you like Curious About Cannabis, consider checking out some of these other learning initiatives by Natural Learning Enterprises. Come on, Molly! It'll be an adventure! Phoebe called out as she followed Brother Toadstool. Brother Toadstool led Phoebe and Molly into a tunnel that went deep down into the ground. As they climbed into the tunnel, they found themselves getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Our new children's book, A Toadstool's Treasures, takes young readers on an adventure into the fun and fascinating world of fungi. Learn more and find mycology-related learning resources, games, and lesson plans for teachers and homeschooling families at toadstoolstreasures.com. And now, back to the show. Hey everybody, this is Jason with Curious About Cannabis. Thanks so much for tuning in once again. Today I am super excited to finally be crossing paths with somebody who's been a part of my cannabis education journey for most of my life. I'm here with Jorge Cervantes. Jorge, thank you so much for being willing to take time today to come on Curious About Cannabis. I'm really stoked to talk to you. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm really pleased to be here too. I mean, uh, first just to be alive and second, second to right. be on your program now. It's really an honor. I'm uh, uh, very happy that you uh, invited me. Thank you. Absolutely. And I'm stoked to see that you very recently released a new book and as someone who has followed a lot of your books through the years, as well as your videos, I mean, your videos taught me how to cultivate cannabis, really. Um, 
it's really cool to see that you're back at it, releasing um, new content. And this time it seems like there's a big community focus, which I really appreciated and latched onto when I saw the announcements about this new book, We Grow Cannabis. So tell us about what, what led to this uh, new book. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, um, gosh, we've got just a couple of minutes here. It's a bit of a story. Um, during oh, COVID, go for it, yes. Okay, cool. During COVID, uh, gosh, we were, we were locked down here pretty heavy in Europe, especially Spain. Yeah. And uh, so I was kind of, there, there wasn't much going on uh, for a couple of years here. So rather than, you know, yeah. smoke myself crazy or, or uh, go around in circles, I mean, I did smoke myself through it. That was a good thing. But the deal is, I thought, what am I going to do? So I decided I should rewrite this book, the Marijuana Horticulture book. So, so anyway, I re rewrote this book, you know, the Bible, everybody calls it the Bible, but it's been out for Absolutely. a long time and it's a bit dated. So uh, I thought it was time for an update after what, like 15 years, right? <laughs> and if you think Wow, wow. I mean, I mean, it really has held up, even though it might be dated a little bit. It has <laughs> really held up. Yeah, it's, hey, uh, plants haven't changed that much over the years, you know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, so, several million years, they, have, they don't change so fast, right? Um, but yeah. in the last 10 years, it's changed quite, uh, things have changed quite a bit. Technology's changed. So I went to uh, to go print the book and uh, was going to lay it out, design it, you know, pay for all of that because I'm not an artist. And what I found was, um, and, and then I started looking at the, the price, the, what it would cost to print, you know, because I'm the, I'm the publisher for yeah. this book. And because nobody wanted to publish it before. <laughs> so I had to start publishing myself years ago. Uh, Self-published anyway. And, uh, but it looked like it was going to be a bad, bad decision economically. It looked like I was going to lose money. Uh, a lot of people wanted, wanted a book, but not that many people read books anymore. They read these things, yeah. these, these phones, see, right? Like this, you know, there's the green dog. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so they, they read these, uh, their cell phones. And I thought, and I had the phone, the phone here and I had this book here like this. And I thought. Gee, look at this. This one's so much smaller, it's much easier to deal with. So I thought, maybe I just put the whole book in here and it made a lot more sense. So that's what I did. I, um, I made a digital book and then I went to, uh, went to distribute it and, and then I thought, oh boy, that was just way too much. And then that's when I got a hold of uh, Marcelo El Tecnico. And then he helped me a lot of stuff. I wanted to make an app and all of that stuff. I, I had no idea what I was doing. I know about printing. I'm really good at it. But the other parts, I'm not so good at. Not at all. Uh, anyway, so Marcelo helped me a lot. And, and then I started thinking, gosh, you know, I need to, I need to get out. Because I, I need to get this distributed properly. And I had... I, I, I understand the book world really well, but the other part I don't understand, uh, you know, like I, I know how to distribute books, everything about that, that's it's come second nature. I've done it for 40 years. But the problem was I didn't know anything about this digital stuff. So I went and got a, found another friend of mine, Stefan Meyer, and he's this Swiss guy, you know, I've known him for like 25 years, right? Actually, I've known both of those guys for 25 years, Marcelo and, and uh, uh, Stefan, 
And so uh, then we started thinking, and it's like, and Stefan says, look, before you do this book, before you put that uh, the Bible out or the Bible out, the horticulture books, you, you should put out uh, a smaller book. So I took part of the, about 100 pages of this, uh, what is it, 800-page book, because uh, that's what this turned into, oh, wow. 800 pages, whoops, 800 pages. Yeah. And because it's like only 500 pages now, but uh, there's so much more new stuff. It's amazing. And to get all that stuff correct is like really a big job and it keeps changing. So anyway, we put out this first book, uh, We Grow Cannabis, and um, put it out free, made it did well, only digital. And um, yeah, and we're distributed and it's done. Gosh, I don't know how I many Stefan and Marcelo take care of all that stuff. The, how many how many copies are out there? But there's there's I don't know there's not a hundred there's there's twenty thirty thousand out there right now and it's been out. Oh sure months. yeah yeah and um, and it continue we continue to have downloads daily nonstop so that's a pretty good deal and then the next thing you know I live in Spain you know like well so does uh, Stefano Marcello so we um, we thought well gosh let's let's translate this book into. Uh, we translate this into a Spanish, yeah? And so we translate it into Spanish, and there, oh, there it is. Uh, Perlona is the, um, the, the siren comes by, the ambulance comes by, because I live in the city. No, no worries. Yeah, and um, yeah, anyway, we uh, we made the book in, into uh, a digital version and made a, a PDF that you can download. And uh, it's really a good deal. And two, so and Stefan and also another guy, uh, uh, Gary, well, Dr. Dr. Gary Yates, he's got a degree in uh, doctorate's degree in, in microbiology. And he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's fascinating, great guy. He's from, he's from up there in uh, Scotland. Anyway, he's, uh, man, he really helped a lot. Both, both him and uh, Gary and, and uh, Stefan helped immensely on on putting this new book together uh lots of inf well new information things that i was unaware of and editing um it's really a good deal so now i get to work with um all these young smart guys it's great well and it really takes you know all this educational work you've been doing kind of into the the you know the sort of next generation virtual technical you know technological world that we're you know, living in these days, it's it's cool to to see that that evolution happen. And something I wanted to ask you is, um, what are some of these? Because um, things have changed so much, even just in the past few years, five years, and ten years. It, even just those scales, things have evolved um, quite a bit. What were some of the things that stood out to you that have changed so much in in how people grow cannabis that? Um, you know, really warranted um, getting back to writing? Um, well, let's see. I mean, it's overall, I've got the book open here. I can't show you a picture because it's uh, it's digital. Uh, maybe you can put, I, I think you might have, well, you can. Yeah, I can throw some in on the on the edit later. Okay. You, um, okay. Let me know yeah, yeah, because you can see that. Uh, you can see, well, you can see the book. Go to my website, Marijuana Growing, Marijuana with a J. Uh, you can download the book there, or you can go to Seedsman. I had, I needed a partner, so I got a partner, uh, my good friend uh, Tom, Tom from uh, Seedsman. 
Seedsman, they, um, they have a seed company, you know. Yeah. And anyway, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. So I got I got a partner, and you can also uh, download it there as well. But the things that at, at Seedsman.com, but the things that have changed, um, it's pretty amazing. There's there's a lot more uh, auto flowering. Auto flowering is quite large, uh, yes. quite big. Uh, you know, feminized seeds, they've been around for a long time. You know, the first seeds, they, they feminize. The uh, first time cannabis seeds were feminized, it's like, I don't know, like back in the 70s. It, it, it's amazing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people take credit for it. Well, I have to say Hank, Hank Vandal, and he, uh, uh, from um, Dutch Passion, he's the one that popularized it. But it had been way before, you know, done decades before that yeah and then also the other big things were are well you know like i say the the auto flowers but the cool part is about auto flowers i don't go into it in this book but i can learn a whole bunch more that's that's coming that's coming uh for more sophisticated people uh yeah so i'll talk about that and then other other things you know like there's uh, uh cbd was not such a big thing before now right. it's kind of like, uh, my gosh, it's everywhere. And it's, uh, I, I think people have kind of gone overboard with CBD. CBD is supposed to fix and do everything, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a, little, um, a little trying on the mind there. And then... Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then also the um, uh, industrial hemp varieties, uh, people are more in, uh, getting into that as well. But yeah, man, so many people went broke. I mean, you were in Oregon. You saw that. You saw saw yeah. what happened um, with the industrial hemp. Well, CBD rich hemp, let's call it. Yeah, a big bubble that popped real fast. Yeah, uh, well, it should. Um, I didn't realize it would pop that fast, yeah. but it should because hell, everybody could grow a lot of it. And uh, but they they didn't have any means to harvest it. I remember I went over to one place. I'm not going to say the name, but they had like oh oh Jesus, it was raining. It was in the Willamette Valley, and they were um, they were har they'd harvested all of this cannabis. Everything was moldy and stuff. It, uh, oh, yeah, you know, so much so much money lost. Uh, uh, poor poor uh what do you call it planning and stuff and then uh right is, absolutely yeah yeah what else has changed cbg has come in as well i talked a yep. bit about that not not tons because this book's not really aimed aimed at that so much and then it's um, very new yeah and that's well let's see the book uh, this book here is just like eight chapters 100 pages and it's 100 pages you know i mean some people say uh, uh, they put like uh, 110 words on a page and call that a page. Uh, you, you <laughs> right. <laughs> it's got uh, dense pages. 50, 300 words a page. You know, it's 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 full on and nice. uh, very well written. I have to say that uh, you know Gary and Stefan, um, they help immensely. You know, I mean Gary, he would not let anything slide. Either with Stefan, nothing. I mean, it's just like perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, 
a little tough to put up with, but yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. It'd be a little frustrating, but at the end of the day, it, yeah, it makes everything that much better. Um, it's true. It's true. And my hat's off to him, you know, definitely. Definitely off to him. Um, and then also, let's see, and then uh, that, that was just first chapter. And second chapter out of eight, of the eight chapters, it's a pretty, pretty straightforward uh, uh, life cycle life cycle uh, of cannabis. But you know, I think a lot of people don't really realize a lot of this basic stuff and they forget that this, is, this is a plant and it has specific requirements for, for life and growth. And you gotta follow mother nature's rules because if you don't, uh, you, you can't cheat her. You know, you can't, you can't fool her. That's right. You're pretty smart. Um, and then another thing, and then, okay, so that, that's pretty straightforward chapter. And then um, next thing is uh, seeds and seedlings. Uh, man, so many people, there's a lot of, the, you, can, you can germinate seeds and you can do okay, or you can germinate seeds and do really, really well. Um, and then especially with those autoflowers, because you got to be careful with those. So I talked to several experts. Actually, one of my one of my friends, uh, Steve Rogers, his his son um, uh, Glenn is Glenn. Yeah, Glenn is here. Or there's several pictures of him in the book. And uh, I mean, he's the guy. Is, I, I've known Steve since well, since um, <laughs> he's from my hometown, right? So we've known each other forever, and he's just a hardcore gardener. He quit, quit his job as an engineer and uh, became a gardener, market gardener, and uh, quite the quite the cannabis gardener. He's uh, outside of Salem, Oregon. There, yeah. And so his input there was uh, invaluable because he didn't come from the cannabis world. He comes from the, the, yeah. the farming world. And he's got a steel trap as, uh, for a mine, and his uh, science and chemistry is outstanding. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I relied on him quite a bit for that, and a lot of other things, uh, a lot of other sources as well. And then, what else? Yeah, ordering seeds, storing, storing seeds, that's quite important. And then, <laughs> the big... The basic needs of cannabis. I, I keep going back to the basics. And I got a great acronym for yeah. that. It's called lawns, light, air, water, nutrients, and soil or substrate. Lawns. Nice lawns. You gotta you gotta have like each one of those and each one of them, each one of these five is is twenty percent. If this one here, if this one is is like five percent off. That means all of them are running at 15%. This one runs at 15%, they all run at 15%. So that's, uh, that means your, your, your plants are gonna grow five, 10, 15, 20, 25% worse, slower, bad, all bad. So you wanna maximize each one of these things. I think people a lot of times, they, they, they can forget about that pretty easily. I was going to ask if some of this comes from things that you've seen of um, common misunderstandings or, um, you know, misapplications or mistakes that, that uh, people are often making. And I think especially today with the 
excessive amount of information that's available through the internet and everything that a lot of people are missing core pieces of of the puzzle um so to speak yep yep 100 percent, 100 percent. you forget about the basics and you know you 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 want to you want to buy a little pill remember the stone song uh mother's little helper goes running for the yes, yeah, pill, yeah. mother's little helper she uh, takes a takes a pill to to solve everything it doesn't work like that the most money in the in this uh, business it used to be well it still is is in fertilizers. So for some reason there's so much money in it, right? And, and for that reason, this money reason, everybody uh, wants to put more fertilizer on, or there's a fertilizer thing. It's always about fertilizer. Everything's fertilizer, fertilizer, fertilizer. No, or additive. That's all BS. Uh, what it, I mean, it's 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 twenty percent. It's one of the lawns nutrients. Yeah. But more important is water, soil, and and, and then if any of those things are out of balance, like light or air, or the others, you got problems. So the fertilizer is not going to be uh, well. You can spend as much money as you want, but <laughs> not going to solve the problem. Some people spend quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, well, my God, I mean, look at it. For, you go into regular nursery, like plant nursery, there's, what, say, uh, oh, five, 500, 10,000 different uh, types of plants. Not varieties, but just types, you know, varieties, you get quite a bit. Right. Uh, everything from woody, woody plants to, to soft annuals, hardy, and then you've got hardy plants, all that and uh, perennials, everything. So what you, you've got like 10, 15 different types of fertilizer for the, all of those plants. Then you go into right. a cannabis <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> this one plant has like 50 different fertilizers. Yeah. Wow. There'll be a whole warehouse just full of bags of different fertilizers and things. Yeah, and, and you got it's like, okay, I gotta put this on, this on, I have to do this today and that tomorrow. No, you get real confused, you know, I and mean, people, people, they screw stuff up. It kind of makes it feel inaccessible too. Like it overcomplicates it so much that I think for new growers, it, it makes it feel too complex and, 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 and almost kind of scary to get into. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, I mean, um, <laughs> It's like for me with computers, I, I look at them, I, everything's complicated for me. You know, I need it really simple. Well, most people do too. I like things real simple with plants as well. And it, it, you, you can change one thing at a time and see what happens. But the results, you know, the, to, to get a, a response might take up to two weeks. It'll take a week for sure. Right. But you, you just can't tell the difference. And if you change two or three time, things at the same time, there's no way, no way you can you can yeah. tell what the what the problem was. Where you can know what the problem was, but you don't know how to solve it. It's like almost impossible. So um, yeah. yeah, it's people people make their life too complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and you know, kind of stemming off of off of that. Um, yeah, I really like this lawns principle. Um, 
Um, it's kind of like a double thing because I don't want people to have lawns, but I want them to pay attention to their lawns. <laughs> so I, I like that. I'm going to make sure to remember that. No, I hate lawns, like grass lawns, like fescue, bluegrass. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 they Get rid of your way... lawns, but mind your lawns. Yeah, right, right. They take way too much water. They're a waste of resources. They invented them so you can yeah. bowl them. Exactly, yeah, and try to show off how how big of a lawn you have to your neighbors. Well, and 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 on that that concept of like the core principles, um, what are some of the um, you know a lot of people are really interested in living soil, trying to cultivate in more. Um, ways that are ecologically conscious and that really ties into this lawns principle um and that's kind of the you know the thing that i'm i'm really thinking about here so for folks that are really interested in in that side of things living soil all of that what were some of the um i guess what are some concepts and topics and things that you'd recommend they learn about so that they can better understand why you know the water air soil all of these different components work together and then especially that the soil component because that's a really complex one uh yeah it can be um first off okay uh straight straight away you grow in a little container say like this coffee this this coffee cup here right you grow in a container this right. size and you can't and, and you're growing a plant three to four months you know 90 to 120 days maybe as, as long as you know 150 days well, you don't have any time for organic activity to happen. I mean, anything you have, you, yeah. you, it's very, very short time. So it, it's, it's this, this much. You have to do that outside or in a very large container with no bottom on it or something that breathes on the bottom. Uh, you you got to get over, you know, 20, uh, 20 gallon, 25 gallons of, uh, 50, ga 50 gallons or larger and then I, I wouldn't spend that much money on 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 soil I mean hell I've seen people those the what 250 300 gallon pots what is it well maybe it's 500 gallon I can't remember but they put a whole a whole pallet of soil in there you know I mean that's crazy right. You know, uh, and they buy this soil, they buy it, well, if you buy it by the truckload, it's a lot, lot less expensive than when it's bagged. But dude, I've seen, I've seen people buy, buy semi-loads of... Uh, well, I was going to say, this is almost like a whole other racket, you know, similar to the fertilizer side. I mean, the soil business is huge in cannabis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I mean, I grew up in, in farm country, and I don't know anybody's that stupid. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they, I mean, none of those guys are over there. Uh, you know, I mean, I go over and I, I went around with my buddy, uh, Jerry, Jerry Norton in Oregon. that was head of the CBD. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the, the uh, CBD association. He had the fair for several years there. Um, okay. And, and we went around to visit, I don't know, we went to, Went to see quite a few, quite a few people. Daffodil growers, flower growers, tulip growers. Uh, uh, those were the main people, like uh, ornamental people. And every time yeah. you, you, know, you talk to one of them farmer, he's standing there like that. He look at you and you go, 
he got big hands, you know. <laughs> I think big hands. And he goes, and yeah. he goes, it's like, well, yeah, that sounds all right. I got a couple questions. Can you do it with the machine? Can you? I'd be growing a few acres of that. I got to do it with the machine. I don't want to pay a bunch of people. And he goes, and he goes, and then they say, they get close up to it. Where am I going to sell that anyway? What kind of market you got? I hear it's worth a lot, but how am I going to sell? And I said, what? <laughs> and I said, uh, no and no. Uh, <laughs> you can't do it with the machine. <laughs> and I don't know where you're going to sell it because that's not my end of it. You know, most of them were thinking about that. Yeah. That was a couple, a few years ago when uh, CBD was became legal and everybody was growing it. Yeah, and, and so those guys, those are the guys I listen to because man, they, they make their living at it. And they've been doing it for a long time and their whole family makes a yeah. living at it, you know, at farming. And, yep. you know, you can farm wheat, you can farm, uh, uh, well, flowers. You can, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can farm, but their uh, profit margins are like that. You know, very small. Exactly. Yes. And very small. Those guys are the ones I think that are important to listen to. But to get back to this organic thing, you you really should do it outdoors or uh, or in a greenhouse in a raised bed uh, where you've got where you can work with the soil. You can leave it there and you can build the soil over time. Uh, first thing you want to do is get a soil test. You know, they're they're cheap. Yes. Depends on. Yep. Uh, how how uh, how long or when uh, all the things you want to know, but but uh, the more ex well, the more you want to know. But heck, you, you can spend like uh, gosh, less than a hundred dollars and and have all kinds of information. I guarantee you'll save at least a thousand dollars on on fertilizer. Yeah. If you're very big at all. Um, so that's that's uh, money really well spent. Um, yeah. However, pH, I mean, it's, it's kind of like magic, organic soil. I, I've been an organic grower for years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't been growing here in the, in the city organically because, well, I've got flower pots and stuff and, and I'll put a crop in, but, um, but the thing is with the, uh, with the organic growing, uh, I, I did an experiment several times and I will put in, um, I would get uh, like really bad water, you know, with a high pH, maybe maybe uh, yeah, eight, yeah, eight eight and a, eight and a quarter, which is really really high, and then I pour this water in the, like a, a liter of it into the soil, and then I take a, a pH reading right then, right then, and it just switches. Amazing, amazing. The soil is so so overwhelming that you know, you're looking I, I'd be looking at uh, six three to six five for the uh, pH of, this, of the uh, the water after it after it goes into the soil it's an excellent buffering system uh, incredible the, the buffering system is tops tops um, and also another thing I look at for people when they when they get into organic growing is um, just follow one, one, one path, one path. Don't listen to five people and they tell you this and that, what they would do and what their friend has done. And, you know, and they usually, if they talk too much, they don't know too much. 
Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Rule. Um, yeah. And, and uh, also just because you, I mean, keep putting things in the soil that, that, that doesn't work, you know, I mean, you, you, you toxify things or you may, you may kill some soil life. Uh, keep it really simple. Takes a few years, about two to three years, three years really to build good, good soil to, to build it up. One of my faves is uh, uh, chicken manure. Uh, chicken manure, preferably not bagged if you can get a, a pickup load of it, uh, barnyard chicken manure, uh, it's great. Uh, yeah. And then also, when you get a soil test, get it from like a regular soil lab, right? Um, yes, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. These soil They're specialized in that. They'll always call it mineral soil. They never say soil, they say mineral soil. Because first it's mineral and it's only got a few a uh, few percent of, of uh, organic matter to it. And the organic matter, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it gets eaten up pretty quickly. So um, that's important. And they will give you recommendations as to what your specific soil will need. And that's important uh, to follow that. You don't have to follow, you know, yeah. you don't have to put a bunch of mineral salts in there, you know, chemical fertilizers is what they normally call it. But um, you can you can definitely work with recommendations and bring it up to uh, fertility, no problem. Yeah, it's that's. And if you played around much with uh, compost teas, uh, yeah, a whole bunch. Um, I used to make that uh, aer aerated activated compost tea. Corn meal. Yeah. Tea. This the uh, okay. Yeah. Um, the aerated activated compost tea. What that is is, um, well, it's it's basically full of microbes and bacteria and the good good microbes, good bacteria, lots of lots of life in there. Um, I, I got kind of a weak uh, soil back. I mean, not soil, but uh, uh, chemistry background. Uh, Doctor Gary would give you a real good answer on that one as far as like he'd bore you for about two hours. The technical <laughs> side, yeah. It's so good. But uh, uh, only if you want to be bored. <laughs> he, he pays attention. He pays attention. I got to be good. Uh, we got to say that about it. Uh, but the deal is with that, um, uh, the organic... I, I, I heard something outside. I got distracted. I, I, got, I lost... No worries. Yeah, the siren came by. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. I didn't, I can't remember the question. Like I was just that. asking about your general experience with compost oh, teas. Oh, yeah, and... activated aerated compost tea. That's right now. Now I remember. Um, yeah, anyway, so what that does is it's great. Um, you buy it, you, you, you take, uh, well, uh, you, you get a, a base mix. I used to get mine from um, Vital Vital Landscaping. There's there's several guys, several people that had it, but that was in California when I, I really played with it for some years. I get the 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 base from them, which is the bacteria and the microbes and the soil life, and it's all dry, and you put it in a bag that's a permeable bag. Could be cheesecloth, or uh, usually works real well. And you put that in in water, and you, you gotta use uh, clean clean water. Make sure it's not full of uh, uh, chlorine or fluoride. 
uh, chloride. Uh, they kill the, drugs. Yeah, yeah. They, they kill soil life. Uh, you know, the not many water systems put chlorine anymore. They use this chloride stuff, and it's it stays with it. It's hard to hard to dissipate. It doesn't volatilize in the air. So um, so you get clean water. And uh, with a decent pH, you know, somewhere between six and seven. And then um, put that, I used to brew mine in a 30 gallon container. And uh, then you just put in uh, along with the, uh, with the microbes and, and bacteria, you put in the, uh, the manure. I put in the chicken manure with that, and that's the source of food. And then you fill it with air. Uh, then you put air bubbles in there, and the, the moisture will will activate everything. Uh, it will activate the, the the soil life that they give you, and then uh, the air will make it grow really fast. So you basically put an air stone in there, or I had a pretty good sized air pump in it, and uh, then you you cook it for a couple of days. Keep it in the shade always. Don't want to get too hot because it's going to get yeah. it's going to get yeah. hot on its own with all that life going on. Anyway. And then you um, uh, then you take that and uh, uh, you can either put it on as a as a, a fertilizer on the top. But what I did it was great. There, there's another there's another siren coming by and. Don't worry, we can't really hear it on our side. I don't oh, know okay, okay. Yours, I, I didn't know that. I can't okay. hear it too much. Okay, so I'll I'll uh, go in this again. So then then you then you've got this this brew. You brew it for twenty four hours. You know, it, it's uh, the microbes, the manure that's the food, and the air that makes it makes it cook or uh, gives it extra life, and the water that activates it. So then all of this all of this grows, 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 and it's full of life. It's great. It's really cool. And so what I would do is just take this stuff and put it in my hose-in sprayer, you know, just a cheap little sprayer. It's one of those with a venturi on the on the, uh, the side. You just uh, uh, fill it up and it's got a suction hose in it, or I mean a suction right. tube in it. And you just put your finger all over the one side and then it, and then it, it starts picking up the yeah. venturi and it, it uh, uh, then I just take this stuff and sling it all over the place. I put it everywhere. And uh, on the leaves, up on the top of the leaves, bottom of the leaves, everywhere, in the soil, everywhere around. And what that stuff does, these are all good, this good, good life, good life, um, microbes and, and bacteria. Well, what that does is it, um, it competes, it outcompetes the bad ones, all the bad stuff, the fungus, uh, the insect, everything. It just it just overwhelms them, and it basically displaces them. So and it works great. In fact, uh, who is it? Uh, Kevin Jodry does does that too. He has that yeah, uh, yeah. Wonderland Nursery in in uh, Garnsville. Yeah, and it works great. In fact, that's that's what they were doing several million clones a year down there, and he was slinging that everywhere. He had a he had actually a, an atomizer that would split things up a little smaller. Yeah, so yeah. it would actually yeah. fog in, and that worked uh, great. For but for most people, you just need a hose in sprayer. You don't need to get the big machine um, like he had. He had a couple of those, and they they work really well, but. For like 99% of the people, uh, the hose-in sprayer is adequate or a similar similar thing. 
Um, but that's that's what I did, and it worked great. I, I didn't have any trouble. Just everything just was. I think that touches on a question a lot of people have too when they're getting into compost teas. Is you know, is it okay for the compost tea to touch the plants themselves, or does it need to just stay into you know the soil? And um, so it's it's nice to hear that feedback that you know. You, as long as it's done properly and brewed properly, you should be able to spray it everywhere and it shouldn't cause any problems. Exactly, exactly. It, uh, and, you know, um, uh, put it on in the morning is the best time because, you know, every everything uh, applies better in the morning. Uh, don't put it on on full sun, you know. I mean, this is just kind of like a yeah. regular yeah. spraying instructions, you know. <laughs> yeah. You you can get you cannabis be doing anyway. <laughs> you can cool it down. You can cool cannabis down. You know you can spray it during the middle of the day. That's that that's not really a problem. But that's to cool it down. This is to keep the the you want all this stuff alive. You want everything alive. Yeah. And then you put it on. Um, leave it on, and uh, might be a bit of a film or any uh, or something there. That's that's not really a problem. Um, don't worry about it, uh, but it certainly solved all, a lot of problems for me before before they occurred, and soil problems too. It works indoors, it works uh, outdoors, greenhouses everywhere. Uh, I can't get enough of it. I, I really like that. It, it's well, and something I think about too. Going back to your lawns idea is that the these microbes um, and all of these complex interactions they really help keep all of those components balanced um, as far as holding on to water, making nutrients more available, uh, changing the texture of the soil even, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's cool to think about how all of that is really, I mean, it really highlights just how interconnected it all is um, in a cool way. Everything's like your head bones connected to your foot bones, you know? I mean, we saw That's right. This is like, we're all connected here, you know? Um, you can't, you can't just do one thing and it's, it's a whole package, it's a whole package there. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You're always, there was a, there was an old quote by, I think it was John Muir from, you know, way back in the day, but it, the, to summarize it, it was something like if you tug at one aspect of nature, you're inevitably, you know, tugging at every, um, other part of nature too. Um, and that nature's web, you can't interact with it without affecting all of these other interconnected pieces that you're not necessarily seeing. Um, and so to ignore all of that is really at your own detriment. The butterfly effect. That's, um, exactly. Yeah. John, yeah. John Muir, yep. yeah. He's sort of the, the, uh, the national parks or, or national parks and established, but Yosemite, I think was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And, um, um, please go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, there's a slight delay. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we overlap. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. Um, let's see. Yeah. And, and then as far as, as far as doing organic, organic growing in a container, it's kind of difficult. You can use organic fertilizers yeah. and that's okay. Um, but you're in an enclosed environment and, you know, things can just get out of hand really quickly. Um, and then, too, things, uh, <laughs> things could, you know, like you don't want to put uh, manure. I mean, manure smells usually. 
Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't be putting them when you were in a basement. Especially in a grow tent or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Deodorize it, I guess, but I don't know. It's kind of like not the same. Um, yeah, so usually, yeah, I agree. yeah, all of that, you, you got to put it in from the top and then, and then it drains out the bottom. But as far as getting a lot of life going, it's, it's pretty hard. Um, to do that, and, and like I say, the time time period is is pretty short too, uh, ninety yeah. to uh, two hundred eighty days or one hundred and fifty days. So um, yeah. yeah, and uh, watch the balance, watch all of that stuff. It's um, yeah, yeah. Um, people talk about their soil mixes and what they put in it and stuff. It's it's kind of like cooking, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, okay. Yeah, and it seems like it can vary quite a bit place to place, too, like depending on where you're growing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, uh, in, in Oregon, everybody's organic, you know. Uh, in Southern yeah. California, everybody's hydroponic. <laughs> or not everybody, but it's yeah. like the, the norm. It, it, it really depends on where you're at. And, you know, in, in Colorado, it's, it's such a horrid climate there. Most people have to grow indoors. And you can grow in a greenhouse too. It's it's a little it's a bit less expensive, but growing outside, they got what that uh, they call it the the banana belt, and um, I don't know. They, it's it's like a hundred and hundred and twenty day climate, it maybe uh, without a yeah. freeze. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's not very long, but there's a lot very of small window of time. Do. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do to overcome climates well and as you this is this is i think a good um connection to you know another thing i wanted to ask you about because you've been traveling around a lot meeting a lot of folks in the cannabis industry and uh, attending events and in really just kind of checking the pulse of what's going on and what people are doing and so based on your experiences with all of that what are your thoughts regarding how the industry is developing, <clears throat> you know, we've already talked about some of the issues related to scaling cultivation operations um, and issues related to inputs and all of that. But um, yeah, what, what's been your, your main takeaways from, you know, really seeing what's going on in the industry and, and what are some things that you hope the growing uh, global cannabis industry kind of uh, remembers, I guess, from its history as it's kind of emerging into a brave new world? Okay, the last the last few years have been like a really crazy greedy green rush. Um, yeah, absolutely. The last it, it depends on where you're at. I, I was in Colombia for a while and Mexico as well, and then um, West Coast U.S. And then I pay attention to different places in the U.S. And it was real interesting what I saw in, because um, I was in, in the United States or West Coast uh, for two months this last year, August and September. And what I saw was um, there's a lot of, well, I, I saw some people had a very big advantage, but these are, I, and most of these guys I'm talking about are commercial growers. They're growing, growing yeah. for profit, and they're growing at least a half of an acre. Um, and 
Two examples, for example. Uh, 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 yeah, for example, okay. Well, if you have to haul your water and you have to pay for that water and then, then you have to store that water, those are huge expenses, huge expenses. Yeah. Okay. It's all about expenses now, just like real farming. You know, it's all about how much it costs you to make that one gram or that one pound or that one kilogram or that one, uh, one uh, ton. So that person that spends the money for those three things, you know, they, they buy the water, they have to transport it, and then they have to store it. Okay, those, those, that's very, very expensive. Then you've got this other guy that's already farmed, and he's buying his water by the acre foot. And it comes to him in a ditch or in a pipe. Who, yeah. Who's got the advantage here? You know, I mean, this one guy's one guy's paying uh, a penny for this gallon, and the other guy's paying twenty cents. You know, I mean, that's that's like an incredible advantage over the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, um, you've got somebody that's that's. Uh, you know, I mean, look, look at agriculture. Uh, they go to the place where it's cheapest to grow. Uh, most of the greenhouses yeah. are close to the, the coast uh, because that's where the climate's best. You look at all, I mean, up and down, like California, all, almost all of those greenhouses are along the coast. The further inland, the more, the colder it gets at night and the hotter it gets during the day. Okay, it costs a ton of money to, to cool a greenhouse, especially cool them, costs more to cool it usually than, than to, to heat it. So those are really big expenses. And then uh, look at Canada. Where's all the greenhouses? There's, they're all up there in the lower mainland, you know, and then or over around Leamington, around the Great Lakes, close to water, you know. That's where this, it's like not too hot, not too cold at night. That's yeah. where you grow. You know, it just, it, it makes sense. The people, and, and, then, and then the way that the whole industry is growing, it's like it, you, you've got a limited market you can sell to. And we both know Oregon, for example. Well, there's, uh, forgotten the stats now, but there's like four, I think it's about four times too many uh, growers uh, compared to yeah. uh, sales outlets is what I worked out. I don't remember all the other figures, but that's, that's the important one to remember. And so you, you, you see that, and hell, those guys only have, they got a four million uh, person, four million people in their market, and only a percentage of that four million is gonna use cannabis of any kind, and they could- Right, exactly, know, yes. So they're, they're overproducing, and the price, you know, drops down. I saw, I saw people with literally, you know, uh, I think I saw a ton and a half at one time just in storage, so people they couldn't sell it. And um, wow, yeah, yeah, wow. And and so you know, and then and then they keep planting, they keep planting more. They go, oh, it'll get better next year. <laughs> it's like what the hell? And then and and then uh, the 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 cannabis gets old and it oxidizes, you know. Oxidized, he's brown. It's a nice, vibrant, yep. live color. And man, that stuff, you know, they're going to have a hard time of it. 
Um, you know, and then some people just better growers than other two others. <laughs> so well, there's a lot of people that have rushed into growing that have never really um, done it before in their lives. And they just see an opportunity to make a lot of money, uh, especially in the hemp space. Um, and, and that really stands out if you can tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember a few years ago, I talked to, to, um, gosh, this, this guy was a real estate developer and he's, you know, he's wants me to get involved with him and stuff. And, 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 and I said, well, and he had all these questions and, and he says, well, he, uh, and what was it? I said? I said, I just got one question. What's your production cost? What's, what's it cost you to produce um, a pound, 454 grams? And he says about uh, $600. And I said, well, no, I'm not at all interested. And he goes, well, you don't know anything else? You don't know anything about the whole deal. Why, I mean, why can you say that? I said, well, you just told me uh, everything I need to know. I mean, your, your production cost is too high. Unless you can get that down to less than $100, can't yeah, play. Yeah. Can't play. You know, you're uh, you're gonna you're gonna be paddling upstream, not gonna work. So that's one of the big things. Uh, people have stars in their eyes. You know, I've seen it on and on because you know, um, you know, I grew up in Oregon. That's where I saw everything, the indoor stuff start and the outdoor stuff before that. And and I lived in California for gosh years as well. And, uh, well, in the 70s, I lived there. And then again, uh, we had a house there. Uh, I sold it five years ago. And I, I was say about half time in, in Sonoma, California. And so I, you know, I, and then we had that house about seven years. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I know that I know the state. And I, I know Washington, too. Uh, yeah, well, because... There's <laughs> a lot of business there, old times, you know, new times, right. all that. And then BC as well, you know. But I moved from Oregon to BC in the the mid-90s, and then later over to Amsterdam, and uh, and then finally to Spain. Um, and I've traveled, you know, I've been to, well, it's been a while since I've been there, but I've been to all, or, all, uh, Australia. And then also, um, you know, uh, Latin America, but just for cannabis specifically, uh, Colombia and, and Mexico. And uh, yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody is growing. Everybody. And they think it's going to be, you know, like the salvation and they're going to be the biggest growers in the world and they're going to export everything. And, you know, I was, I was stupid enough to get sucked into that for a while, but then you start adding the numbers up. And they just don't add up, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, I'm most concerned. I'm not so concerned with, you know, the commercial growers. I'm concerned with the, the little guys, the backyard growers and the, the guys. Man, I know those guys. That's, 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 that's me. That's the guys I, I came yeah, with, yeah. you know? And that's where this whole community comes from. Because we, we all got to yeah. stick together. Before, we couldn't stick together. But now we can stick together. And that's like... It's really good thing. Well, and that goes back to to the to the book. You know, we grow cannabis. I, I mean, that seems like that's one of the big uh, goals is to bring the community back together and to say, hey, like for the most part, we can talk about this. We can share information now. We 
we can, you know, be open about this and support each other. We grow cannabis. And that's, like I said, that's something that I, I really, I really like about this approach. Um, because I, I agree, I think it's very, very important um, in order for smaller growers to survive and make it through whatever comes next. Um, it's going to require community. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and also, also, you know, I, I'm concerned about the guy that just wants to grow a few plants themselves, you know? Um, yes, yeah. They're really important guys. You don't, you don't have to have a, uh, unless the climate warrants it or your local laws, I guess. Um, uh, <laughs> right. You, you don't have to grow inside, you know? Uh, you can grow in the backyard or you can grow, you can grow on the terrace. But these are the guys that I, I'm really concerned with. And because, man, they're my buddies, you know? I mean, that's, these are the guys that I yeah. grew up with. And... Well, it's where it's all came from. I mean, um, I think the industry as it's maturing is definitely losing the connection to, you know, the generations of people that have had that passion for the plant and have dedicated time and energy and and just just out of curiosity and 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 just general fascination and enjoying growing the plant and enjoying you know seeing what you can make out of it and the different ways it can express itself i do think the especially all of the new folks coming into the industry without any cannabis background that are just seeing it as business which you know that's that's fine on one one side but you do have to understand where this all came came from and maintain a certain um appreciation and and respect for that and it's it's kind of crazy how fast that disconnection has happened because i remember you know in the i lived in oregon before before dispensaries were legal in the medical program and so that was a kind of fun time because the medical program um in order for a patient it was it was complicated and and bad for some reasons, because it could be hard for a patient to find a grower, but it was also interesting in that it it, it connected everybody. Um, and then I, I've watched all of these changes, you know, happen. Dispensaries get legalized, adult use gets legalized. All these, you know, these dominoes fall. And then within five years, people lose that connection with all of the growers and the the you know types of people that just have that genuine passion that that actually carried everything afloat to this point. Yeah, that's hundred percent. I agree. I agree, and um, is um, is what we say here in Lokiai. What there is. <laughs> yeah, yes, we, it is know, what it is. Um, I I I know where my heart is. I know who I am, and I know who my buddies are. That's that works for me. You know? Yeah. Um, and these are the guys. I mean, you know, I what's that saying? And I you dance with the one that brought you. <laughs> oh, I mean, I got yeah, here. Yeah, there you go. I, I got here. With I love that. Guys, yeah. You know, I got these, you know, we all been together a long time. And, and um, you know, and I, I see it all over the world. And Latin America is going to, it's really taken off now. Um, Argentina yeah. is quite large. Uh, big. I was just getting uh, texts from, uh, from a buddy down there, Mike Defari. Um, and he's uh, he's from Argentina. Crazy about soccer too, football to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have the best uh, best player. Well, I don't know. I don't get me a bunch of comments. Uh, <laughs> but 
I love Argentine players. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Messi, yeah, it Messi. seems like there's there's some stuff uh, developing in Brazil as well. I've seen, I've talked to a couple people uh, yeah. down there. Oh yeah. Um, Brazil, they have kind of they have uh, trouble with the the legal system there. It's pretty rough on this. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty rough. And then they have that, you know, that uh, Jair Bolsonaro, and he's, he's a fascist guy. And, and then now they have uh, uh, Lula. He won the, he won the election. Um, Bolsonaro doesn't give up. He's, uh, no, no politics, no politics. Um, yeah, 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 it's, it's yeah, there's some, some, I'll just say some tricky things <laughs> going on. Yeah, um, yeah, but I there, but look for Latin America to take off as well. In fact, uh, I don't know, this book here, oh, this one, uh, this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia. Oh, I've got, uh, well, I can't, I'm not going to say it yet, but I've got plans for this book. Um, I, I'm actually going to put this book, I've got nice. it translated into Spanish, but it was so expensive to, to print, and it's to ship and everything, and distances, and or well, it's so great, you know. Spain's got 44 million people, um, but yeah, you know, so we can distribute here in Spain pretty well. But but uh, this book's too big and expensive for, for the market here. It's a $50 book. Um, how many pages is it? It's like uh, 600 pages, yeah. But it's uh, a big yeah. format, yeah. I can see it big, but um, anyway, I was talking about Latin America. Uh, I wanted to show a picture here. This is uh, oh, nice, cool. Uh, Vicente Fox. He he was the president of Mexico, yeah. And yeah, he was nice. The wow. Of, uh, Vicente Fox, Fox Quesada. <laughs> he, he's uh, I can't say we're buddies, but I mean we're we know each other pretty well. And uh, he wrote the foreword to it. So you know they they got a lot of stuff going in in Latin America. Um, and, all over the world as well. So I look for a lot of things to, to change in the future. Here in uh, Europe, it's it's legal in uh, uh, Luxembourg, Luxembourg and um, Malta, and they've got quite a few things going in in Portugal. Actually, it's Stefan Meyer. He's he's more of a of an expert there with that stuff. Uh, he pays closer attention to it than I do. Well, and I wanted to ask you, because, um, uh, you know, we're kind of tapping into these themes of um, where things are going, where they've been, and, and general passion for the plant. What, what was it about cannabis that drew you in, and what is it about Spain that has attracted you? I've, I've always wanted to ask you that. Um, first off, cannabis, a uh, quick story is they... In, in high school, I graduated from high school in 1972. And um, we got a lecture, I think we were sophomores in high school, third, yeah, second year in high school, about how horrid cannabis was or marijuana. Don't, <laughs> don't. You know, and they say it's like yep. this big smack, like it's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> and, and what, uh, how, how, uh, if you smoke cannabis, you would immediately go to heroin and then you would commit crimes. Of course. Like capital crimes. You know, that was the lecture I got. And I thought, okay. Well, I actually, I believed it. You know, I didn't know any different. And then and I was young right. and I thought, okay, 
I was told out by people I respect. And then so <laughs> we got a chance, a friend of mine scored a, a three-fingered three -fingered lid of, uh, <laughs> of Mexican dirt weed, you know? <laughs> Uh, he used to measure cannabis by fingers, you know, it's like one finger, two finger, three finger, lid, uh, yep. four finger lid. Now it's just like huge. And you put it in those little sandwich yeah, exactly. bags. Exactly. How deep is it? Yeah. Yeah. Little sandwich bags. Anyway, the, well, uh, we got one of my father's pipes, tobacco pipes and stuff, drove around and stuffed this thing full. And four of us smoked and smoked and smoked. And finally I got high. And it was the best experience of my life at the time. You know, I was like 16, 17 years old. Yeah, 17, yeah. And my God, it was wonderful. And it wasn't anything like those guys said. I mean, I didn't go to start doing heroin. I didn't haven't committed any right. crimes. Only crimes I've done is, you know, like cannabis crimes. And that's, I don't consider that a crime. Yeah. So that's how I got into it. And then... In Spain, I came here. I was um, I was here as a uh, I came as a student in college. I spent a year here, and that was when Franco, when Franco. I mean, he was a uh, you know Francisco Franco was a dictator in Spain from 1937 mm -hmm. to 1975, and he ruled the country. He's the last dictator in Europe, and um, I had more freedom in this country here than I did in my hometown of Ontario, Oregon. Um, yeah. So it held a special place for me. Even when Franco was here, you know, I have more freedom, right? So so then Franco died. He died in November 75, right? And so I, I came back several times. I later went to school in Mexico, uh, but I kept coming back after that. And then, um, then what... Uh, and by, I had moved to Amsterdam, moved to Amsterdam. I was living there and I, I mean, the weather sucked. It's just horrid, you know? Uh, it's really bad. I like it sunny, yeah. you know? And so at the, cannabis cup, at the cannabis cup, I was there, all these Spanish guys were showing up. And it's like, dude, cool, you know? I mean, I talk Spanish, so I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> and so, so, so they show up and, I, and they were telling me how, what a great, time it is there and Barcelona is the capital of the cannabis movement in Spain. So I said, oh, wow, I'm going to move there. So I moved down there and that was uh, 25 years ago, 20, 23 years ago. Yeah. And then I came here. Wow. And that's, that's why. So I've been involved in this whole thing here since the beginning, really. Um, so I go from Moroccan hash to um, sweet Cannabis flowers. <laughs> oh yeah, what's 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 <laughs> what's that feel like? You've you've watched hash evolve quite a lot, um, especially over like the past fifteen years or so. Um, what has that been like? Because I remember one of your, I think it was one of your old books, and then one of your first videos. You know, you talk a little bit about hash and talk about some of the different grades and everything, but now we're in like a totally different world <laughs> compared to just the, like not that long ago. Uh, you know, I kind of like lost track of all the things. I just get too blasted on this stuff. It's just too strong. I don't like getting like yeah. you know, blotto. It's not, it's not fun. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, have, have like five shots of whiskey. It's like, boy, isn't that fun? 
No, I, I would rather drink a beer and have a nice time or a nice wine, nice wine. You know, uh, it's the same with the cannabis. Uh, myself, I, I prefer the the, the um, Moroccan hash. I mean, it's really good. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's not nearly yeah. as strong and it's not um, uh, overwhelming and it's got a, a more of a balanced effect. You don't get like, you, yes. you take a hit yeah. to the back of your head doesn't blow off. You know, it's uh, it's really pretty good stuff. Uh, I like that. And then I like the, the dry sieve hash. It's really good uh, mm -hmm. because it, it retains the, the, the flavors and everything. And then two, they got the- but You're at uh, least still keeping those trichome heads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then then the um, uh, the rosin is really quite good. Um, I like that. Like that, okay. But it, it can get get too overpowering, and you know, yeah, it, it's just uh, it's too much. Actually, I gotta give <laughs> just a minute. I got I I have this right. Here's my shopping bag. I have to I have to do this for Mila. I love Mila. She's like here. The Dabadoo. <laughs> she really <laughs> nice, nice. Dabadoo. This was this is one. She's had these. I I've been to a whole bunch of them. This one was one they had here, so that's why I have it. But um, yeah, it's the one in. Well, we have one in in Berkeley. We have several of them. Oh, uh, I can't even remember. See, that's what happens with that stuff. Can't remember what happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I was there. Yeah. Well, it's it's been it's been interesting to watch, and again, talking about the disconnect between where things are at and where they've come from, it seems like a lot of new cannabis um, folks, a lot of younger people that are getting into cannabis now, are not that interested in traditional hash, um, and they're more interested in vape pens and dabbing, you know, highly, you know, purified um, concentrates, and that's kind of a bummer. I mean, I because I. My perspective is very similar to yours. I prefer flour, and if I get into extracts, it's really more like legitimate hash or, or keef or something like that that's still representative of the plant, you know, minimally processed. Um, um, and, and so it's, it's been weird to watch. It's just a different, different, just different. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a generational gap with me, I guess, a bit, a bit yeah. that way. I mean, I can uh, certainly help with growing a lot, but uh, boy, the all of the other stuff—it's—it's it's okay, but I don't know. It's—it's it's a bit, a bit strong. The first time, gosh, this was like oh, a long time, like 15 years old, at least. Yeah, we made the uh, the hash, the butane hash, and you know, we make it with a pipe and a and yep, a, yep. <laughs> all of that so so i know we've been going for a little bit over an hour here so i want to go ahead and start to wrap things up so um i guess to to start to bring this all together i mean first of all um i want to make sure that everyone listening knows uh you know we mentioned it earlier where to go to find the we grow cannabis book as well as just to keep track of um everything that you've got going on because you've kind of left a, a few hints here and there that there might be um, some more things coming down the pipeline, assuming, you know, how things go. So, um, you know, real quick, let's make sure to remind everybody, where do they go to get the book and how do they keep track of 
everything that you that you have going on? Oh, it's real easy. It's real easy to keep track of everything. Go to uh, Jorge uh, Jorge-Cervantes.com uh, or uh, and sign up for well, uh, sign up to download this book. It's a free PDF and it's interactive. You know, you push push a button, you push anywhere on the table. Yeah, it's little links, links and everything. And you go there. It's yeah, very yeah. cool. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Pretty cool, I'd say. Right, uh, but um, and anyway, go there and then definitely sign up for my newsletter. Um, you know, because that way you get you keep, you get informed of stuff. I'm I'm gonna be doing big stuff with this book. I'm not gonna say what right now because I gotta have something in my hand before I can talk. And you know, and then also I'm doing big stuff with this book as well. It's worth signing up for the newsletter. You'll stay right on top of stuff. And but I can say this, but but I don't know how big your uh, Spanish speaking audience is. But this book I have already translated in Spanish, and uh, we are putting that on the internet. And so and I have oh, a Spanish page uh, as well. For his what's the name of that? I can't remember. Um, anyway, we, we, I've got a Spanish page as well. We just put that up and I've got Spanish, uh, um, uh, Facebook. It's also there. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, oh, it's really important because, you know, I mean, it's, it's, there's more people talk Spanish than English, right? Ex exactly. Yeah. If you want to connect with more people in the world, you got to go beyond English. Um, so that's great. One simple goal. I want to teach the whole world to grow cannabis, more and better cannabis. And anybody that'll listen, I talk to them. Uh, that's it. I definitely appreciate you being willing to to spend the time today to talk to us. You know, like I mentioned before at the, the beginning of the show, you really did teach me how to cultivate cannabis. I remember um, some of your older books before the uh, the marijuana um, horticulture book, the the Indoor Growers Bible. Um, you know, there there's so many books you've you've really dedicated your life to educating and as a fellow educator yes look at that yes uh, um and a lot of folks don't um you know don't remember um some of those early copies they might uh, recognize the uh the growers bible but there there's so many books i mean um do you remember the total number because you've you've published um I mean, quite a few. Was it like over over forty or sixty books or something? It's a lot. At least fifty books. Uh, depends on how you how you count them and stuff. But yeah, at least fifty books. Yeah. Uh, some of them have quite a few. Uh, oh, especially the French one. That's got quite a few. I've done uh, eight different languages. I got uh, you know, yeah, eight languages. All the European and languages. Uh, Dutch. I had the first uh, good good book. My um, one. Marijuana uh, Binnen in, in Dutch. Uh, I got respect from the Dutch guys. Wow. That's pretty hard. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, German, Italian, uh, French, um, uh, wow. Spanish, of course, Japanese and uh, Russian. I didn't make any money on mostly <laughs> Japanese and Russians. It's like a nice trip though to Japan. That was really good. Um, yeah, so I've, I've done over 50. You can see all of them on my, on my website, um, uh, Jorge uh, slash, yeah, dash Cervantes.com. And, um, yeah, I've been around for a while. 
And the and the videos, you know, like I said, I mentioned in the beginning, the videos were so huge. I think those came out in uh, what the early two thousands or something. Um, but I um, I think those are lingering on the internet that folks can uh, they keep cropping up um, all over the place. Um, but those are huge. I mean, that's one reason why I asked you the question about Spain because I remember from watching those videos way back then of seeing you talk about Spain and the way cannabis grew there and showing. Um, you know, different, different places. Um, so just really amazing work. Um, as a fellow cannabis educator, it's amazing to connect with you and, um, you're a huge inspiration. So I greatly appreciate the chance to connect with you and to connect you with my audience. And, um, I appreciate everything you do and look forward to seeing what you do in the future. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much, Jason. It's really, really nice to appreciate, uh, appreciate the time, time that you've given me. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm just happy to happy to be here. Happy to help, man. It's um, kind of like Absolutely. Life, life mission. Huh? <laughs> Works for me. That's right. Yeah, we're like we're lifelong learners and lifelong educators, and yeah, it's it's great. So everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Go to Jorge-Cervantes.com and find everything that we've been talking about here. And if you want to learn more about curious about cannabis, just go to CACPodcast.com and you can find everything there. So with that, everybody, if you made it to the end, thanks so much. Stay curious and take it easy. Bye-bye, everybody. If you're curious about cannabis like me, then get connected to the Curious About Cannabis ecosystem and let's learn together. Visit cacpodcast.com slash connect to join our learning community on our Discord server and you can participate in regular giveaways, dive into the latest cannabis research, connect with certified Curious About Cannabis educators, hang out in our break room with other curious minds and more. Best of all, it's totally free. Just visit cacpodcast.com slash connect to learn more or click connect on the Curious About Cannabis app, which is available on Android and coming soon to iOS.